all morning long. Again, we're talking about diabetes. For more information on diabetes or more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. In the studio with me now, we're joined by Jennifer and her daughter, Anna. They're here this morning to talk about their journey with diabetes. It's our pleasure to welcome Jennifer and Anna to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good. Good. All right. Great. So, Jennifer, let's start with you. You are mom. Now, your daughter sitting right next to you, she was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, At the time, were you shocked when you got the diagnosis? I was only because we didn't have it on either side of the family. Um, She was a sixth grader and I had noticed that she was losing weight, but she was also slight to begin with. So I didn't know what was going on. And then because I had nannied a long, long time ago for a little girl that had 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 diabetes as well, I noticed that one of the signs is drinking a lot of water and she seemed to be so thirsty. Um, So when I noticed a combination of the weight loss with the unquenchable thirst. I started to really think about things that had happened like a few weeks before. And that's when I went to the initial doctor for the first time. And so time. what happened a few weeks before that? Well, so she had broken her hand and so she was unable to play soccer. And what I now know is her blood sugar was going up and up and up. And because of that, her vision had started to become blurry. So she was complaining about not seeing the board. She was sluggish, moody, mm-hmm. um, things that you could attribute to middle school. I, I was about to say a couple more years yeah, and you I mean, just, she's right. just a typical teen, right? right. <laughs> okay. So I was worried, but not that worried. And mm-hmm. then she had been trying on clothes at Nordstrom and she went down a size that's when I started to really look and I had noticed that she had lost. It looked to me like she had lost weight. So I had our, at the time I was working full time and I had the babysitter take her into just our pediatrician because again, I wasn't fully embracing the fact that she could have diabetes. I thought there's got to be a other explanation for it. Um, and I said to the um, our babysitter, I said, please call me if when they weigh her, she had lost weight. And she called me immediately and she said, yeah, she has lost eight pounds. And I thought, oh, that's just not, that's okay. really alarming to me. So you get this call from the, the babysitter. Do you then drop everything you're doing or what do you do? I, I said, um, I'm in a meeting right now, but I you know, please call me afterwards. Mm-hmm. And she called me about 10 minutes later and she said, they want you to go to a satellite hospital. And that's when I started putting the pieces together. I called my sister who works for Children's Hospital as a um, pharmacist. And I said, hey, listen, this is what's going on. Is there questions I should be asking? And she told me, just ask them what her number is on this because if it's anywhere between 400 and 800, I mean, you pretty much know she probably has diabetes. So that was at the point where I then dropped everything and went to her. Again, 
you never want to go there. You think it, there's got to be a more reasonable explanation and you think, oh, you know, there's not it on her dad's side. There's nothing on my side. But that just wasn't in the cards. Okay. And so she was diagnosed with? She was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes actually the next day, which turned out to be Halloween. And I will never forget it because, you know, we had been up all night. They We come into the emergency room, then they give us a room, and it's probably like 1 or 2 in the morning. We wake up the next morning, and I'll never forget the group of residents coming in to do rounds and to see her. And she was just this, like, little – I mean, it just breaks my heart – this little – sixth grader surrounded by her stuffed animals and all the doctors walk in and they're dressed as Harry Potter and the minions. And I just, I thought to myself, this is, this is very sad um, because it is a chronic life-threatening illness that although we have a lot of interventions available, we don't have a cure yet. That leads to another question that I wanted to ask you because at the time when you get the diagnosis, do you feel like, okay, this is something that I can handle? This is something that I can take on. What were your initial huh. thoughts? I'm I, I'm laughing at the question because other people who know me and know me well know that at this particular time, my life had already taken a new avenue. I was newly divorced, a single parent to three kids. Um I had started working full-time when I had been a stay-at-home mom previously, and my beloved father had just passed away. So Mm -hmm. I had had my share of... The trifecta. Yeah. I had, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And I really, I mean, thinking about it now chokes me up because that night, after she was sort of tucked away in the hospital, my boyfriend and I went for a walk, and I just remember crying, saying... You know, does God not like me? Like, what? what's mm. going on? I know now that it was just, I know now, like, in retrospect, this, in retrospect, mm-hmm. and, and the story where the footprints, and I know that God was holding me, you know, carrying and, you, and yeah. carrying me, because now, in retrospect, it, it it opened up a whole other window of my life. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. All morning long, we're talking about diabetes. We're joined by Jennifer. Jennifer is the mother of Anna, and we'll talk to Anna in a second here. She was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 12. Now, Anna, so let me ask you this. So, Anna, when you got the diagnosis, what were your initial thoughts? What did you feel? Did you understand what was going on? Did you understand what diabetes type 1 was? Did you even understand I don't know. At first, I was a little shocked because anyone would be. Um, I wasn't even ever sick before with anything too serious. I never had like any really big surgeries or anything like that. So this just came like out of nowhere. And um, I was just completely shocked. I thought my world like just flipped upside down. But I knew that I had a really good support system and I knew that as long as I just like got through each day that I would be okay. So, so at the time you're 12 yeah. and so you, it's Halloween day, yeah. your diagnosis, mm-hmm. people are eating candy. And so the years that follow the immediately, you know, you have birthdays, you have birthday cake at parties and things like that. 
how did you feel? Did you feel like, okay, why did you understand why you couldn't have certain things at that time? Um, yeah, I think it was a challenge for me, definitely, to understand that, like, some things, like, okay, maybe I shouldn't, um, but I also was 12, like, I really wanted to just be a kid and not have to worry about, like, certain little things, so I think I definitely understood, um, in the big picture, but definitely there was some times that I was like, dang it, like, I wish I didn't have this, like, I wish I was just, like, normal and, like, could be how I was, Okay, so did you feel different among your your peers? Yeah, I definitely thought I felt a little different. And so was that something at the time, is that something that you shared with your friends, you know, that you had diabetes? Or is that something that it was none of their business? You're 12. Um, It definitely is a challenge for me to, like, open up about it. So I'm very selective on, like, who I tell. Still and to who, this day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is, like, a big thing for me to open up to people about it because it's just something that's really personal to me. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have gotten better at figuring out that I need to tell people that people need to know because it is, like, a life-threatening disease that, with the help of other people, it can get better. When I first was diagnosed, I was very, like hush-hush about it and was hiding it as best as I could. Um, But now I'm trying to open up to people I trust. So you heard your mom, and she talked about um, her fears and um, the things that she went through. So at the age of 12 and you get this diagnosis again, did you have thoughts of fear? Were you fearful? What what were you thinking? I think initially I didn't realize how serious Mm -hmm. it was. I thought, oh, like, I'll be fine, like, it's just this, another step of my day. I'll just add it on to my day and I'll be fine. But I didn't realize how much it would impact every aspect of my life. Since I was very involved in sports, I just had to take all these extra precautions and these extra steps. And during school, I had to make sure I was okay for like tests and quizzes. And whenever I went to go see my friends or hang out with people, It was just always like extra steps or extra things I had to pack or extra things I just had to remember. And um, initially I was just like, oh, like I'll be fine. But now looking back at it, I don't think I realized how big of a deal it was um, because there definitely has been scares or like things that um, have made my perspective on it very different than it was initially. Okay, so. Let's talk about this now as a parent, Jennifer. I know mm-hmm. as parents, what we like to do is we like to shield our kids. You oh, know, absolutely. So, you know, she gets this serious diagnosis of type 1 diabetes at the age of 12. Right. So did you go into it saying, like, I'm not going to tell her everything? Or did you feel like you had to tell her everything? What was your mindset? Because, again, as parents, we want to protect our kids. Oh, absolutely. So what? how did you address that? I think you know, where conflict comes with us even now is that I am very open with her friends and her friends' parents, especially when she was younger, because they need to recognize the the signs of a serious low when her blood sugar is so low because she could collapse and she could have a seizure. And if they don't know she even has this, what's going to happen? Or even the serious highs. Um and I think for me, I have – that's where we sort of disagree. I shielded her in a way that 
I'll never forget when she was first diagnosed and the, and all the doctors said, do you have any questions? And she looks up. She's like, I do have a question. And she was so earnest and her eyes were so wide. And she's like, am I going to have this forever? Mm-hmm. And all of the doctors looked at each other and they you could just tell they just were crestfallen and they were kind of like, oh. And it is a disease that requires a 24-hour um, maintenance, you know, mm-hmm. and so that to me can be a burdensome. And I want to help Anna and as in the best way that I can to help alleviate that burden. And I think sometimes I come across as being, you know, butting in or inner business. Yeah, yes. inner bit exactly yes, yes, inner yes, business. I, I get you, but I do. I think that as a parent, you try to manage every scenario possible because you want your child to be safe. And I think I did that Mm. and still continue to do that. So for you, Anna, a lot of times when children have a chronic illness, it forces them to grow up really quickly to mature really quickly. Do you feel like that happened to you at the age of 12? You suddenly have a lot of responsibilities now. Yeah, I think it definitely made me grow up faster than the other kids because I just was in that circumstance. Like I had to understand that I had these new responsibilities that I had to take on and I can't really act immature anymore because like my mom said, it's 24 hours. It's no days off. You have to like keep going. So I think I definitely had to grow up faster um, which is definitely like another hard part of it because you always want to be a kid and you always want to just not have to worry about every little thing. But with this, you do. I'm just really proud of her because, you know, a typical kid when they're packing to go out of town just maybe packs a bag. But for Anna, she has to consider all what's going on and pack all of her insulin, her um, pump, her pod, and then a backup. And I think I just look at her sometimes and marvel about how well she's handled all of this. And I'm really, really proud of her. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're talking about diabetes. For more information on diabetes, head to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. You'll find additional information there. You can like us there and join the conversation there this morning. This morning in the studio with us, we're talking to Jennifer. Jennifer is the mother of Anna. Anna was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 12. Anna is now 16 years old. So... For those that don't understand, what does a typical day look like for a 16-year-old with type 1 diabetes? What does that look like for you, Anna? Because you have to get up, I'm sure you have to take some blood sugar. And what is that like? Mom, you can help us out as well. Typically, and thanks to all the technology that's available, she's on a continuous glucose monitor, which monitors her blood sugar every 30 to 30 seconds to a minute and a half. You're always looking at the food that you're about to consume and what they call what the doctors term a bolus. And you have to look at the carb content of what you're eating. And there's a ratio of carb content to insulin. And you then have to say, okay, I require this many um, units of insulin for this meal. 
And the, the bad part is, is then once you give your insulin, you have to eat everything or else it can make everything else, your blood sugar, go even lower. And like I said, it's, it's a constant balancing act. Um, it's just basically a lot of checking and a lot of making sure that I'm all right because each day you go to school and you like drive and you have soccer practice or like a different sports event. So it's just always like making sure everything's okay. So when I wake up, I make sure like my number's good or I'll bolus to make sure it goes down or I'll correct if it's low because you never know what you're waking up to. And that's just like the hard part is each day is so different because you never know what your number is going to be because any number of factor can affect it. Like the sports you do or the weather, like how sick you are, like what you're surrounded with. So I just always check in the morning before I'm like driving and then while I'm like driving and then when I get to school, I'm just always making sure I'm okay And I definitely double check right before tests or quizzes because we're not allowed to have like any phones or anything out. Um, And I just try to make sure that I look at everything I'm eating and calculate and just take precautions if I'm doing sports or an intense workout or anything like that. So, Okay. Now, earlier you mentioned scares. What does scares look like? Help us to understand for daughter that has type 1 diabetes, what does a scare look like? Well, when I had first, before Anna was diagnosed, I had always assumed that the troublesome thing about type 1 diabetes is is having a low blood sugar. And you see it portrayed in movies and on TV. But the real scare sometimes is when they go too high and for some reason they... Um, that's when they can slip into a coma. They can go into DKA, um, which is diabetic ketoacidosis. I mean, that's super serious. And Anna can speak to a time where she, this is newly diagnosed, maybe in the first two years. And she went out to see her dad um, in uh, Park City, Utah to go skiing. And she wasn't as hydrated as I think she probably should have. She was um, out and you were skiing and her for whatever reason she wasn't getting her insulin in her and she went into DKA and had to be transported by ambulance to the hospital i was actually not with her at the time but her older sister was um thank god her older sister is the way she is because she knew all all of the information to tell the nurse and doctors on staff mm what was going on. Um, But, you know, that's a really big scare if they're in DKA and because that can lead to organ failure. And it's that was for me a huge scare that I don't ever want to go through again. Okay, And Anna, your perspective, let's talk more about scares that you've had with type one diabetes. Um, Well, definitely. Uh, like my mom said about DKA in Utah, but I've also had some low scares where it's just been so low that mm-hmm. I can't walk or I can't even like mm. start to like eat something to make my blood sugar go up. Um, this happened after a sports event. I think it was after a soccer game and I was just like getting home and 
um, I drove separately from my mom and I think I was just home alone and I like beat her home or something. And I was like in the low 40s, like 30s. And Mm -hmm. if anyone knows, you're supposed to be in between 70 and 120. So I was like really, really low. And I was really scared because I was all alone. Like no one was at the house yet. So I was like trying to walk downstairs, trying to get a Gatorade or trying to get something in me. So that was like another scare that I had. All right. And with that, we're out of time this morning. Finally, let me ask both of you this question Anna, and we'll start with you. What is the biggest piece of advice you would give to a young person diagnosed with diabetes? What would you say to them? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of advice I give. <laughs> How much time do but, we have? Right? I know, right? <laughs> it's our show, but yeah. condense it. Um, but I definitely think being open to having people come into your life like definitely reaching out for support because it's definitely such a big responsibility put on kids because it's definitely when I was diagnosed I was 12 so I definitely think that big responsibility put on me I tried to handle it all by myself and that's just not realistic Mm -hmm. so I think definitely reaching out to family and definitely friends um, for support and for help, I think is such a good idea for newly diagnosed people because then those people you know will stick by you and can definitely be there for you through it all. Okay. Mom, Jennifer, biggest piece of advice for a parent? I think the parents need to know that it is overwhelming, but it, there will be a time where it actually won't consume every minute of every hour of every day of your life. And I echo what Anna has said. It's important to reach out within the community to find other people that are parenting children with type 1 diabetes because now I have become a mentor to other newly diagnosed um, parents that have newly diagnosed children. And it's such a good feeling to see yourself in these people and to say it will get better, there will be the silver lining, um, you will see strength, and it will become a more positive thing in your life if it can be, and it does. All right. Really good information. Thank you guys for sharing your story. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. We've been speaking to the mother and daughter team of Jennifer and Anna. Anna was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 12. She is now 16. Remember, for more information on diabetes or more information on the show, like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.